murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope. Got there about 6.30, you know, grab what I thought we needed, which is about like, you know, it's like, ah, we can do the, you know, we can do this with about seven or seven bags of mulch here, a couple bags over here, four or five, yeah, four or five bags, you know, over here. And uh, so I came, you know, got that stuff, came back and then, you know, got started on the yard. I didn't get finished with everything until like three o'clock today. But it was 66 degrees. So I was like, man, it's nice. Bro, it was 86% humidity. Oh, yeah. F that. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. So even at 66 degrees, like after 30 minutes, bro, I'm sweating. I'm sweating like like Patrick Ewan in the fourth quarter. Like, I, <laughs> dude, I am pouring sweat. And, uh, and then it just got hotter throughout the day, man. It was like pushing right at 90 degrees here today with like 87% percent humidity. It was terrible, absolutely terrible. See, and Arizona's nice, man. We just hit a hundred today, I think, but obviously humidity's like way down. And dude, I I would rather be out here with this temp and this humidity than I, I would back where you're at or Florida or Georgia. Or man, it's just it's it's a yeah. There's no way. No, we had a uh, we had a really nice spring, and I mean, it was all the way up until like pushing like the third week of May to where it was nice, still nice and cool. Like it was hoodie weather in the morning in May. Oh, which, that's awesome. Which is not, you know, it's not the norm. And now I think now I, I think we're going to pay for it. Uh, I think it's going to be a, be a pretty legit summer. Um, even the farmer's almanac uh, for, you know, those of you who, who still read it and follow it and believe it. Uh, even the farmer's almanacs like, yeah, you guys are going to sweat a little this summer. Humidity is going to be legit. Dude, it's still like I look at our five day or 10 day forecast. So Sunday, Monday is going to be hot, 103, but the nights are still getting down into 69. And then the rest of the week, dude, 99, 96, 94, 95, 96. We're in the mid 60s for the low. I mean, it is like perfect temperature. And that's June, dude. That's ridiculous for this area. Yeah. Dude, the 60s out there at night, especially with, you know, very, very little humidity. Oh, it's cold. That's legit. (laughs) That's legit. Like, that's a. That's a legit tip, man. I can't do that. I, I mean, I love the East Coast, but God, the humidity. It's just, it's unbearable. Um, it, it's absolutely unbearable. So, but we put down mulch. Dude, it, so I don't like to pay for a lot of things. And there's some things I don't mind paying good money for. One of the things I hate paying any money for is mulch. Like, I absolutely hate it. You know how expensive that shit is? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy expensive. It's like, oh, you, if you want the regular, you know, just, you know, Cypress, old brown Cypress stuff, it's not bad. It's like $2 a bag, you know, two and some change. You want that pine bark mulch or they even have rubber mulch. You want rubber mulch, right? It doesn't fade. Obviously, you know, does it, uh, it's not biodegradable. It's not going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to last. Uh, dude, that stuff's pushing like $10 a bag. And I hate paying for like the mulch so because you know it's like I'm gonna dump this in this flower bed, and a year from now I'm gonna have to pay more money to put more wood shavings in this flower bed. When you're surrounded, you know, by woods and trees, and you're just like, dude, if I only had like a like a chipper, I could make my own. 
you know, it's probably going to get more expensive because uh, it's funny you say mulch because the mulch plant that's about two miles from my house is on fire and it's been burning for four days now. <laughs> so, go put that thing out. Go put that. Go put that shit up, man. Drive a truck out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, we 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 dropped some money today on mulch because, like I said, we put down about thirty bags, um, and the majority of it was that uh, that pine bark mulch. Um, you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't the good old cheap cypress mulch. Um, so, so but, fortunately, we do rock out here instead of mulch because the mulch wouldn't last ten days in the summer. So, you know, the rock it's expensive up front, but like, dude, it don't fade. You never, you know, it's there, dude. I mean, yeah. it's it's permanent, and so it's like, hey, one time cost, spend it, drop it, and and you're done. How much a bag yeah. did you pay? Um, let's see for the pine bark mulch. I think it was a little over $4 a bag. Oh, four, four dollars yeah. Okay. So, and you, were you exaggerating? Or are you telling the truth about how many you laid down today? Yeah, we laid down probably about, of the pine bark mulch, probably about 20, 25 and of the cypress mulch we laid down probably. Okay. I thought you said 30, 10, but 12. we'll say 25. So 25, $4 a bag. <laughs> and you say you got to do it every year, but not that many, but you've got to do it every year. Yeah, generally every year. About that many every year. Yeah. Okay. And that's not a and that's not all we mulch. I mean, we don't. There, there's some stuff in the backyard like we don't mulch around. Well, dude, you can. Why, get, why are you even entertaining? Because, why are you even entertaining Luke, Josh? No, listen. Why are you I'm even look, entertaining? I'm look, this? Because I'm looking up wood chippers. That's why it would pay for itself in just a few years. Okay, I thought you were going somewhere else with it. No, it'd pay for itself within a few years. Wood chipper, decent one. Like if you want to go, if you want to go high speed, it's about twenty six hundred bucks. But you can find a decent one for twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, dude, man, I remember the old uh, commercials. What were they for? Like the Troy built, because Troy built would have commercials for like rototillers, and uh, and but wood chippers, man, it's like make your own mulch. And I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Well, yeah, if you've got wood, bro, there's nothing but woods behind my house. Yeah, I guess so. I, Are you allowed yeah, to go yeah. cut those trees down? Um, it's green space. I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of belongs <laughs> to the neighborhood, but nobody goes. I don't know anybody that goes. <laughs> it's going to tell me that. no. Yeah, whatever. Take whatever. your axe out there, like Paul Bunyan, and drag drag back a couple of decent sized pine trees. No, nobody's going to bother you. Do it with your shirt off too. Once you get all jacked and tan, <laughs> make sure you're up yeah. on your creatine when you do that. Yeah. No, I would try, even like I like I said, I didn't work out yesterday. I missed it. Don't you um, hate it? But I you, but I made sure to take my creatine. Don't you hate it when you kind of get in a groove, get all nice and sore, and you're like, "Yep, I'm in a groove." And then you go to a restaurant, and they got Monte Cristo on the menu, and you're like, "I deserve this." <laughs> you earned that. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't have had a Monte Cristo sandwich. You though. you earned that. So you good. earned that. It's fine. It was so They're good, dumb, dude. They are, they are, they, they are stupid. Good. I haven't had one in years because I just like, I, I'll, I'll, I will hate myself afterwards even more, you know, more than I hate myself already, man. But you see that thing fry with a little powdered sugar on top of it. Holy moly. It was worth it's, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it, it, it's worth it. And then five minutes later, you're like, God, why did I do that? Uh, like, yeah. Why did I do that? It didn't feel so bad. It just, <laughs> you know what, what happened? I didn't feel gross or anything, but I did feel tired, man. Because we got up and moved a bunch of stuff this morning, like household moving stuff. And I just felt tired. I just came back yeah. and took a nap. But otherwise, man, mm, it was tasty. 
It was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my legs are so sore. Damn, man. Oh, what did you God. have with it? Uh, just French fries, bro. It's French fries and water. <laughs> yeah, fries on top of Well, it's good you had the water. Right, because yeah. I mean, those basically cancel the fries out. Diet Coke, you know, you're good. <laughs> the Big Mac combo with the Diet yeah, Coke. Yeah, Diet Coke. I mean, Diet, you know uh, what though? I mean, if you're you're already having a Big Mac, right? There's no sense in putting a fully leaded Coke on top of it. Dude, I, I'm with Coke. you, dude. I'm with you. And the sugar, and then and the you know the carbs. It's funny because <laughs> I made it to the gym today for the first time. Like I never go to the gym on Saturdays, and I, next week's gonna be a busy week. So I'm like, oh, I got to get today because not gonna be able to get out there monday and i'll just take my rest on sunday or whatever but i've had to change my diet man i mean you guys know i was pushing the you know doing the vegan thing pretty hard for a while uh mainly during the weekdays and then during the weekends i was eating meat and uh you know of course when you're traveling it's it's impossible to do so you know i would obviously eat meat when i'm traveling i come back and kind of get back on the wagon over the last, uh, I don't know, couple months, uh, I've started introducing meat back into my diet on a, on a fairly regular basis. So like every other day, uh, you know, I try to eat some, you know, healthy chicken or, or you know, pork or something like that and, and cut out the meat. Dude, I'm going to tell you the, well, one, the reason I had to do it was it, it's too many carbs. Like with the vegan thing, it was just too many carbs. And, and there's no way I could just like, you just become flabby. Like one, I couldn't cut any weight. And just overall, like, and, and I guess there's probably studies on it, but like the quality of the protein, it's just different. Like I got in the gym today, uh, and, and have probably been the strongest that I've been in a long time. Uh, and so I'm wondering, you know, I'm guessing it's gotta be the meat dude. Like I feel strong when I'm in the gym and I, I feel stronger. My weight's more manageable. Uh, and, and of course, you know, cause like with the vegan diet, it's, it probably wasn't uncommon to be 300 carbs a day, if not more. Uh, now a lot of that's fruits and vegetables and, and whatever, but like, at least what I'm doing now, uh, every other day, I mean, hell man, I can keep my carb count down below a hundred. Uh, I already see it in the leanness, just in like how my clothes fit or whatever. And then today was the first day where I, I actually noticed, I'm like, man, I actually feel stronger, uh, than I was, you know, than I did when I was, you know, like primarily on the, on the vegan diet. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen, have you ever seen a healthy vegan? Well, yeah. I mean, what's his face that beat Conor McGregor as a vegan? I mean, he's freaking jacked. All right. So, okay. So you have your you have your one offs and your exceptions, but but by and large, man, you mean Bill Clinton doesn't look healthy to you? God, dude. Uh, I've only I've only seen healthy ones on TV. That's no joke. Of course, I probably haven't seen that many vegans in real life. But you go into a Whole Foods. Uh, or a Tom Thumb in Santa, not Tom Thumb, uh, Trader Joe's in uh, Santa Fe, and none of those people look healthy, and probably the majority of them are vegan. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, like when you look at the, and I forget the, I think it was Khabib who's the vegan or whatever. I mean, that dude's obviously got a chef that's cooking for him, so he's eating high quality stuff. Like when I cut meat out, dude, it's tough. I mean, it, like it is tough to eat every day, and get the protein that you need, get the calories that you need, uh, feel full, you know, that type of stuff. It's, it, it's challenging and it's definitely a lot easier when, you know, introducing meat in. So I think now from here on out, um, I'm probably going to try to do meat like every other day. And then just like, I don't know, maybe like a Tuesday, Thursday, just go clean on the vegan side. So we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. Hey man, it's meat every day, meat every day, baby. But I told you guys, I dropped like 12 pounds in 30, 40 days. That was crazy. 
That was crazy. And that's all man. like work and stress reducer or stress inducer. Right? Yeah, it had to be stress and just ca- caloric deficit. That's all there was to it. I wasn't trying. I don't like to lose that kind of weight at all. So I, I just hate it, man. I in, I was probably a little dehydrated the day I weighed, but not 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 significantly. Maybe one one and a half two pounds. And so yeah, that and that's another reason I don't feel as bad about the uh, about the uh, uh, Monte Cristo today. You know, I it just, you know, you start getting a little uh, space in your shirt sleeve there and it's just like, okay, something's going on. I'm getting skinny fat. That's no good. You know, uh, <laughs> and my wife just gets mad. She's like, I wish I had that problem. I'm like, well, you know, everybody's different, man. Everybody's different. You know, you with me, if I'm not in good shape, I will drop a little weight. But when Josh and I went through our uh, contest back in the day, uh, that was I got to the point where I was beyond skinny fat and there was just, you know, too much belly fat, just nonsense going on. But uh, it's to the point where the, that appendix carry, man, that's no problem anymore. <laughs> you know? <Yep. laughs> that's the best, that's the best test right there. It's like, can I appendix carry? And is my gut pressing the muzzle like, you know, back into my <laughs> groin? If that's the case, you're like, ooh, all right, we gotta, we gotta change something up here, <laughs> dude. I think I went like two months with like a pinched nerve down there because the barrel was pressing so hard, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I gotta start running or something, man. Like, I gotta, I gotta cut some some belly fat. Yeah. You think Chris Christie uh, uh, appendix carries, dude? That guy hasn't seen his junk in 30 years. There's <sighs> like that no. That dude can't I, even. And I used carry. to like him. He's annoying as all get out now. Like I used to like him, but I think I'm over the uh like man, every every politician that comes out now, they just want to be like the tough guy. You know, I'm the I'm the tough jersey guy. I'm like, dude, shut up. No, Chris Christie does definitely does not uh does not appendix carry. Uh I just like, man, I've like you said, when you're you know, when you're traveling and moving around and been me on my schedule the last probably three weeks, four weeks has i have not hit the i have not hit the gym every day um and i need to i need to buckle back down but like our summer schedule is about to get nuts so it's going to be hard but i've but i've got to um so yeah i know i haven't seen my little you know josh completed his workout on my apple watch because you know i know i actually have a uh dude i actually have a doctor's appointment coming up um, to get, to get checked out, man. Cause I, you know, I've talked to you guys before too, man. Dude, my energy levels are like zero. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm tired and y'all know me, man. I sleep for like eight hours a night. Like I go to bed, like I go to bed at eight o'clock, eight 30. Like I'm in bed. I'll dude, I'll get up at four 30 in the morning, wake up and in 30 minutes. I'm like, why am I exhausted? Um, so you're like 80, I, yeah, your 82-year-old Mayberry doctor is not going to give you what you need. You need to go talk to Dr. Feelgood. I'm telling you. That 82-year-old doctor is going to tell you to <laughs> take your multivitamin and get plenty of sleep. That's what he's yeah. going to tell you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going I'm to talk to Dr. Doc, I'm going to talk to Dr. McGraw here uh next week and uh and see what's up. I just got to wait, it, you know, it's got to get my blood test done. Um I'll get that done on Monday so they can run the traps on it and, uh, and, and see what's up. What are they testing for? Is it full panel? Um, yeah, it's a panel. They do everything. Yeah. <laughs> Your blood's going to come out and you're like, well, you've got bacon grease for blood. So that's part of the problem. 
they're like, so you have bacon grease and bourbon uh, for blood. They're like, so we found part of the problem. No, man, <laughs> and I actually like, I haven't, I really haven't had anything to drink in a while. Like it just, but it's just, man, I wake up in the mornings and an hour after I wake up, I'm like, I am exhausted. Like I'm tired. Like I didn't like I ran a marathon while I was sleeping or something. Um, Is the weight so, still coming off? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's not coming off like it, it's not coming off like it was a couple, you know, like two months ago though. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still coming off as long as I'm eating right. Um, if I start eating bullshit and it goes right back on. Well, now that our listeners know all of our health issues and our, <laughs> all oh, of our, hey, health, man. We just, all hey, of that's our just the tip of the iceberg. That's just <laughs> hey, tip Jamal, of the iceberg. next year when my daughter graduates PA school, I'll get you some good stuff. Cheat. Hell yeah. I'm, oh, just dude, gonna I just, I'm just going to have her just start writing scripts. Dude, I completely forgot about that. Dude, she yeah. can write, she can write C3 some scripts. Dig it. There you go. PAs can write scripts. Yeah, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. It's the only reason why I wanted her to go. I got and a now, whole you know, list. Well, <laughs> I got a whole bro. list. Bro, we are about, <laughs> hey, we're about to have a new contest. It's not going to be Luke and I be like, hey, let's see how much you know, weight we can lose. <laughs> it's going to be like, who can get the biggest arms? <laughs> <laughs> how jacked can we get? You know what? I'm going to have her cut me some, cut us some scripts and we'll put like the C3 logo on there. It'll be, oh. it'll be awesome. <laughs> It's so funny though, because we talk about it now and she listens to the show more often now because she's commuting back and forth. She's got her clinicals. So she's got like an hour a day or whatever. So she's, she's been listening to our show, but, uh, I always tell her, I'm like, Hey, that's like the only reason I sent you to PA school is because I mean, you know, the deal, like when you need a Z pack or something, like, look, I know what I've got. I've got strep throat. Give me an antibody. Let me, you know, it's like, I don't want to go make an appointment with the doc. That's going to be 14 days later. Go there, sit down. It's like, just give me what I need. Like if I've got a broken bone or something, I get it. She's like, dad, I'm not doing that. I'm like, bullshit. Yes, you are. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah. Dude, that was the best thing about having in-house docs, you know, at my yes. last organization before I retired. Because you're, you're right. You walk over there and you're like, hey, man, here's what I got. Here's what I need. And, you know, unless you're, you're walking over there asking, can I get some fentanyl? You know, you couldn't get that, obviously. But, yeah, dude, anything within reason, they're like, here. There's no appointment. No, like, here, you know. Just take it and, you know, go on about your day. Uh, that was the best. <laughs> We're going to be freaks, dude. We're just going to straight roid out. <laughs> She's not going to give you a Z-Pack. She's her, sure as hell not going to give you Anabar, Decadurable, and Trimbalone. Hey, man. All I know is this. For the first couple months, she'll be staying here at the house. I'm sure she'll have a script pad laying around the house. Just take that shit. Bro, all you gotta, yeah, all you got to do is support your signature. It's yeah. fine. It's yeah, fine. local Walgreens down here. I'm sure Walgreens carries that stuff, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, did they, they carry might. it or they have to order it? They would probably, probably have to order it, right? Yeah, they'd probably, or, that, that kind of stuff, they'd have to order it for sure. But yeah. that doesn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> What's a couple of days? Yeah. I mean, the stuff's out there. I mean, legally out there. You listen to that guy, no, uh, Derek from More Plates, More Dates. I mean, people are getting this stuff legitimately. Like the, the stuff that's oh, out dude. there, it's crazy. Our neighbor, the one I, keep, I was telling you about, so uh, they go to this gym over here and, and they've got a nutritionist and they've got like a vitamin lady or whatever. And, uh, before she takes stuff, she normally like, Hey, you know, take a look at this stuff. And you know, I try to track most of it if I can, dude, it was straight SARMs. I'm just like looking at, I'm like, dude, this is like one, it's illegal, but 
I'm like, this is straight stones. Like, this is going to jack you up. And what's crazy is, I mean, it's even worse than back in the Jack 3D days and whatever. Like, you know, they found out later that Rip Fuel was, was like methamphetamines. Like, but this stuff here will like legit freaking kill you with like long term effects, man. Well, the problem. Is, I mean, it's nuts. The problem with SARMs is it's all it's a <clears throat> it's a precursor basically, uh, and your body's got a your liver has to convert that into the real deal into that mu- that real muscle juice and it's right. just real toxic man there there no that's those old school uh dianabol type steroids that would i mean it'll just wreck your liver that's but otherwise yeah shit works shit works. <laughs> i mean i mean but you know what's crazy is so i was watching the dark side of wrestling today on vice and uh, I only caught like the last half of it. And they were talking about uh, it was the steroid trials with Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan and all that. And it's kind of crazy because the from what I could tell from from the defense side, what he was saying, like one of the major factors, one of the major reasons that the jury found Vince McMahon, not because it was a conspiracy. That's what that's what he was on trial for uh, conspiring to, you know, a big roid ring and yada, yada, yada. And one of the major reasons that the jury did not find him guilty was the FDA, the FDA and kind of like what you were saying, Luke, the stuff is out there and the FDA knew it was out there. They sent letters to like manufacturers like, Hey, this is not for human consumption, but outside of the letters did nothing to remove it from the market. And so the jury came back and was like, yeah, it's kind of hard to get them from, you know, from conspiring to, to have this roid ring when the FDA, like you're not taking the actions as a government agency to, to, to rid the market of this stuff, <sighs> you know, that's just, I think it's ridiculous. I think that, I guess the conspiracy, if they were obtaining them illegally or something like that, yeah, I guess that's a problem, but who cares if professional wrestlers take steroids? Like who, who cares? I don't, yeah, I, it, I, I don't even know why they're illegal. I mean, to me, Hey, put the warning on there. But it's like, hey, this thing's going to jack you up and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, hey, if you want to take it, man, that's on you. No, you can't do that, Roger. You can't you can't uh, take SARMs and wreck your liver, but you can sure go to the ABC store and buy it, literally the entire store if you want to. That's fine. Yeah, you can do that thing that Josh is doing right there. That's fine because that, that's okay for your liver. But can't have no can't have no steroids, man. Those are bad. And there are actually legit uses for anabolic steroids, you know, other than you know, uh, straight up bodybuilding and getting stronger, you know, uh, autoimmune diseases, uh, you know, burn victims, anything that's going to build tissue and recovery faster. It's good. But y'all know my stance on that stuff. I think in, in very low doses, I think it's one of the health, healthiest things you can do for your body under a doctor's supervision. So on, uh, so dude, I don't know what I did my elbow, um, on the outside of it, right above, you know, the, the bone, whenever I'm doing like, you know, trying to pick something up, like you, like you, you know, you're doing like a front raise with a dumbbell or something like right on the outside, man, it is, it burns like the fire in Mordor and like it even, it even causes my elbow to give out a little bit. Um, and it's been like that for like a month. And when it first happened, I don't know what I was doing, you know, but I just kind of noticed it about a month ago and I was like, eh, eh, whatever. Like I'll just take a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll be fine. Um, but it's, it's still not fine. And now, you know, it's one of those things like you, everybody knows, you know, you're just like, okay, oh, I got hurt, you know, or I'm hurt, you know, versus injured. Right. You know, the difference, you know, the difference between, okay, that's just, that, that'll work itself out. Or like, 
I probably need to go see somebody. And this is one of those, like, yeah, I got to go get this looked at now. Cause, cause it's been a month. It's like when, uh, it's like when I hurt my shoulder when I was in Iraq working out and dude, I didn't even re-rack my plate. I didn't even re-rack my weights or anything. <laughs> Dropped everything and went straight to the medic. Cause I was like, yep, that's an injury. <laughs> I was like, that's an injury. That's not, that's not gonna, that's not gonna buff itself out. So that's what happens when you get old, man. I like, I've just spent the last two days because I've had some feet problems uh, the last couple of years or a foot problem the last couple of years now. And it's, uh, I just thank God that, you know, Josh, you reminded me of that whole expert voice or whatever, because uh, I think yeah. I've just spent the, or bought probably the most expensive pair of running shoes. You guys ever wear like Brooks running shoes? So no. I just finally uh, bought a pair and, you know, I went and did their little foot thing or whatever and, uh, hopped on there. Unfortunately, I found it. It was like, uh, I think it's like 40% off, but I've been having foot problems, man. So now it's like, Hey, you know what? Let me go buy these things. Hopefully they help. And you know, if, if, if not, then I'm just going to go back to my $40, you know, famous footwear shoes or whatever, but we'll see. Bro, that's yeah, why you guys are old. Hocus. That's why I went to Hocus. Hey man, I just need to make it one more year. Cause once my daughter can write scripts, <laughs> pain free, baby. <laughs> Pain free, baby, baby. It's codeine, codeine for everybody. I just need the cream, right? What, what was Barry Bonds uh, using the cream or whatever? Yeah, man. You just need you just need a little bit of that cream. It's um, I forget what he was called. You know, what he what he was basically his essential oils. You know, shrub that uh, cream in. It'll make it. It'll, it'll even make your skull grow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's flax flaxseed oil. That's what it was. Oh yeah. He yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is my flax. It's just it was just flaxseed oils. Like ah. I don't think so, man. I don't think so, homie. Pittsburgh Pirates was a long time ago, <laughs> but you were even like, he's not even the same person. He's not, not even but you know what? And it go, I know we've gone back and forth on this, but it's like, I just have a problem with the, if you're going to ban him from the Hall of Fame, okay, like, I, I got it. Clearly, you look at the dude, you're like, okay, nobody, nobody can, you're, you're, his head size grew like four times what it was. So, Everybody knows, but it's like, well, why even test then? Why even test for steroids at all? I mean, the guy never had a negative or never had a positive test. Like, why even test for it then? You're going to ban him from the Hall of Fame because he looks like he's on roids. Clearly, I got it. You have negative tests about whatever, however long his career was. It's like, so, so why even test? Like, why even joke about, you know, why even mess around with it? Yeah, that's a good, y'all you, have talked about that before where it's like the dude never tested positive. Never. Now, did he admit it? Did he admit that he did it? I don't think he did. Okay, I don't think he ever. I don't me, think he ever admitted to it. To me, that doesn't make. Well, I don't know the whole. I think he did admit to like the, like taking some of the cream or something like that, and, and then they're, okay. you know, they're kind of like, well, oh, well, the cream was, what, and then you know, whatever. I, I don't know the body of evidence stacked against him either. You know, because uh, yeah, know, they 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 may never. Uh, you know, there may be no evidence uh, that you killed somebody at all, but there's you know twenty eyewitnesses that say, yeah, I saw you know him put you know these needles right in. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there, there, there was on him. I believe it was. Uh, I believe it was Jose Canseco. Ugh, uh, piece of shit. Jose Canseco came out. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you check the source on that. Well, remember the book, Jose, right? But, Didn't he put out a book? And everybody yeah, thought he Canseco was. Canseco like, put out a book, yeah. man, and like he burned everybody down. And that was where, that was where you know I think it was, who was it? Rafael Palmero and uh, McGuire and um, a couple others got wrapped up in that. Um, I'm not Canseco here to talk about yesterday. I'm here to exactly. talk about the future. <laughs> Canseco and Barry Bonds' girlfriend or somebody both test both 
you know, did sworn statements. Yeah, I saw him, you know, get injected with uh, with steroids. Um, so Roger was saying that he watched the uh, that Vice, you know, the Dark Side Wrestling or whatever. Well, I've I've watched a couple of good uh, thirty for thirties recently, and the first one was the two part one on Lance Armstrong. You know, I felt. You know, not everything, you know, okay, well, yeah, I guess everything is about me and my world. I'm such a, you know, it's only about me, you know, but uh, I felt so vindicated watching that entire thing because I I grew up, you know, uh, not with Lance Armstrong, but from the age of about 16, uh, you know, we, we competed in some of the same races and all this stuff and he won all those tours and then what happened happened and all along, all the stuff I was saying came true straight up in that documentary and it, we, we've talked about lance armstrong before i feel very strong this came came in you know through in the documentary that half the field over half the field when he was racing all of them were doping so if you take all the dope out of the races he still would have won i i, I believe that he he's he was an, a phenomenal athlete crazy crazy good but he's also a tremendous i'm gonna say it he's a tremendous asshole the guy's a jerk he his he's so arrogant. It's like he could oh, it's just a, a almost a psychopath. He's so arrogant. He could have handled that thing totally differently. You know, you remember Roger B saying that, you know, if he would have come out and come clean right from the beginning and said, "Yep, you know, I was doping, but you know what? Everyone else was too." And here's what I'm going to do. I I'm going to become an ambassador for anti-doping in the sport. I know I made a mistake, you know, fall on his sword, mea culpa, and his reputation would have been fine. He wouldn't have gotten sued by the federal government. He wouldn't have gotten sued by all these people. He would have maintained, he probably, he could be the governor of Texas right now. Seriously. But no, So why did he even no. come out? I mean, why did he even come out and say anything? Oh, he, he just, he just got backed into a corner, man. His lies could, he could, those lies can't hold up. You know, what do they say? For every lie you tell, you gotta, you gotta come up with a hundred more. Well, basically, it was just he. It came to a point. You remember the Oprah one was the first one where he actually came came kind of clean in the Oprah interview. But he was getting sued by the United States Postal Service. He was getting sued by the federal government. And it's like, just go watch the watch the documentary. It kind of comes clear. But the more interesting one, I'm not quite well. It's not more interesting, but it is very interesting. Is the American Gladiators one that's on Thirty for Thirty? I was like, ah, you know, I like the American Gladiators back in the day. Let me see what this is all about. And I started watching it. It just got better and better and better. Did you guys watch that old, uh, back in the day? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where so, they shoot, where yeah. they shoot tennis balls yeah, yeah. at each other. So one of <laughs> yeah. the things, one of the things, I, an age old question I always had watching American Gladiators. You, know, you got these jack dudes. You, know, you got these jack dudes and these Amazon women who are still pretty. You know, with the tight outfits on. And as a little kid, you know, a little prepubescent or pubescent kid, you're like, I bet those gladiators are sleeping with each other. You know, and sure enough, man, the documentary answers that question. <laughs> it's like, all right. Well, it's like the Olympics, right? When they talk about like yeah. Olympic Village, you're just like, dude, it's just like this mass hedonism. Yeah, it's you know? straight hedonism. <laughs> yeah. But y'all, yeah, go watch that American Gladiators. It's actually really interesting. It's kind of kind of sad. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was good. Those 30 for 30s are no joke, man. That and those, uh, those wrestling uh, documentaries on A&E. Dude, WWE is. I've been watching the uh, WWE Treasures. Dude, they've got so you know the rivals, the the treasures. They're putting out some really really good stuff. The only thing that you know, and I guess it just is what it is. But I wish that stuff would have come out earlier. 
I mean, there are a lot of things now that I go back and look on YouTube because I wasn't a big fan of this person or that person or whatever. And when you hear a lot of the backstory and you hear some of the thought process behind like why the character is what it is and why they do this. I mean, one, I was too young to even get any of that. Right. Uh, it's like, Hey, there's just this Jack dude doing suplexes and, and I like the music. So that was pretty cool. But when you hear a lot of the backstory, I'm like, man, I would have been really, really into this character had I known all that. You know, they just yeah. do a very poor job. And I think AEW is trying to get to the point where they're telling more of a story. Uh, but it's like, man, you've got three hours on Monday and two hours on a Friday. And, and and none of the characters today have any depth to it. So it's like, what am I watching? Well, like uh, the Jerry Lawler one. Yeah, were you a Jerry mm-hmm. Lawler fan, uh, Josh? No, I, no, I wasn't at the time. Well, I, I you, but you knew who he was, Josh, back in the day, right? Yeah, of course. You, so you you guys remember the whole thing where uh, he he slapped the hell out of Andy Kaufman on a Letterman yeah. show? Well, watching his documentary was just Jerry Lawler's. I I didn't know I knew Jerry the King as the announcer, not the wrestler, right? Right. And you know, going back and watching that, I was like, they were genius back then, because that whole thing with Andy Kaufman showing up in a neck brace and everything, <laughs> that whole thing. It's like I thought all these years. That Jerry Lawler did not like Andy Kaufman and was trying to teach him a lesson and do all this. That wasn't the case. It was kind of the case, but not really. They staged that whole thing, and all yeah. of America thought it was true. And it was totally like professional wrestling and Andy Kaufman, who had his own style of humor. You know, some people call him a genius, whatever. I, yeah, you know, he was good at what he did. But man, they got one over on, I don't know what the population, 270 million people thought that was real, including David Letterman. Just genius, man. Just genius. Are you are you guys trying to tell me wrestling's not real? Hey, it's it's entertainment. Wait, it's sports entertainment. Whatever, dude. Whatever. <laughs> my favorite personally, move. my my favorite personally was Roddy Piper busting the coconut over uh Superfly Jimmy Snooker's head on Piper's pit. Dude, that that's the best. That is the best. But now they got bought out by the so the the company that owns uh UFC now owns WWE. So they got bought out. Company owns both of them. So it's going to be interesting because now they're talking about uh, legalized betting for WWE matches. You know what that's going to mean for the writers? That's going to mean that those scripts are going to have to, the scripts that they, that they go through with, those are going to have to be like under lock and key guarded everything. Because how do you bet on that? It's like, that's, that's like betting on a soap opera. Like, Like literally, I mean, think about it. It's like, okay, Vegas, and there may be betting on soap operas. Will, you know, Linda hook up with, you know, Ron or Chad next week? You know, that means the script is highly secret, right? And you can't control what the wrestlers do inside the ring. I mean, that happens very, very often where they get in there like, yeah, this is not going to happen. So it's like, wow, you know, is that wrestler indebted to somebody? You know, they're going to have a lot of control over what happens as well. Dude, that's crazy. It's going to be like the movie Snatch, man. Be like, make sure your man goes, you know, with Brick Top's like, make sure your man goes down in the fourth, <laughs> you know, and old boy doesn't go down in the fourth, you know, Brad Pitt knocks him out like, you know, 30 <laughs> seconds in the first round, like the old Mike Tyson pay-per-views. People get all pissed off because they just paid a hundred bucks to watch Mike Tyson box for 15 seconds. Dude, I got to go watch that movie again now. You brought that up. That's That movie's genius, man. Snatch and Lock, It's so good. Who, di- who directed that? Guy Was that Ritchie? Guy Ritchie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard that, that, was, that his new movie is pretty good. The uh, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the last one or not. Uh, oh shoot, now I can't remember. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. He's the guy that goes and saves the interpreter in Afghanistan. 
Can't believe I blanked oh, on the name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I heard it's really good. Uh, it's on Amazon. Wife and I may watch oh, okay. that tonight, maybe. But uh, dang, I can't remember the name of it. And the audience is out there screaming, "It's this moron!" Yeah, you guys don't I gotta know what watch it's like. the. Uh, I gotta watch the the Jelly Roll documentary. It's pretty good, that's man. On, that came out on Hulu. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, we watched that. Uh, yeah, we watched that a couple nights ago. It's pretty good. He's a uh, an interesting cat. But I honestly thought, Josh, that uh, uh, his interview on Rogan was actually a little bit better than the than the. Uh, the documentary on him. It goes, it goes more into stuff. Yeah. I only saw on the Rogan one. I only saw like a 10 minute clip on, on YouTube. I need to, uh, need to oh. over Spotify and watch the whole thing. So let's, let's let the audience in on, I think I texted you guys this and I was listening to Joe Rogan and Oliver Stone, right? As a kick it to Roger. But, uh, so there's very few times I'm listening to Joe Rogan and I'm like, yeah, Joe and his guests are completely full of it. And the one with Oliver Stone, I I caught like very early on. I'm like, okay, you guys are full of crap. Basically, Oliver Stone was pushing his uh, uh, nuclear power. He did a nuclear uh, power uh, documentary. And apparently it's pretty good. And, and on that, I agree that nuclear power, we should be uh, leaning heavily into that. But then they start talking about this other stuff. I'm like, Joe, you're talking out of your ass. You don't know what you're talking about right here. And then there's that phenomenon that we've talked about on this podcast many times where you'll be reading a story that's right up your alley. Like if there's a story in the, in the pay, in the newspaper about, you know, Josh, a, a unit that you used to work for and they, they talk about this unit and you're like, okay, they're full of crap on this. I know that's not true. I'm the expert. I know that this is absolutely false, but then the very next week you'll read the same paper and there'll be a story on something you don't know about. And you'll take, you know, not you, but people will take that as verbatim. So you, they'll, they'll write a story on something you know that's false because you're, that's your area of expertise. But that very same newspaper, you know, three pages down, you'll be like, oh, well, here's a good article. Okay, I believe that. It's like you always got to remember, even listening to Joe Rogan, it's like, you know, he doesn't know everything. You know, it's, it's I hate that when I keep catch him in those, in those, those types of subjects and those types of, I'm not going to say lies, but misconceptions and just not being very knowledgeable. What, what was his take on that? What was his take with the whole nuclear energy and everything? Okay, uh, th- their take on nuclear energy. Well, first of all, Oliver Stone, I think, was misled. Um, and this was on Oliver Stone's side, not so much Joe Rogan's with the nuclear power. But basically, you know, Oliver Stone said he he went over... I, I've done a lot of my own research on what went on in Chernobyl, uh, type of reactor, exactly what happened, uh, how many casualties there were on the day and uh, in the weeks afterwards and the years afterwards. I still look into that stuff. And Oliver Stone was sitting there saying, you know, it really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad of a disaster. And the, <clears throat> the movie Chernobyl is really overblown. And I'm like, yeah, the movie Chernobyl really isn't overblown at all. That's, that's kind of exact. Now, was it dramatized? Sure it was. But that's exactly what went down. And Oliver Stone was like, you know, I've talked to those scientists who ran that same reactor over in Ukraine, and they told me exactly what happened. I was like, you moron. You think they're still not a Soviet at heart? I mean, no, they're going to they're going to absolve themselves in as many ways as possible. It's like so. But the thing with Joe Rogan was the whole climate change thing, because they got into climate change. They got off onto another uh, uh, some other subjects. And Joe was just like saying stuff. It's like, dude, where are you getting this? It's like you're 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 out of your depth, way out of your depth. So it, it was it was more for, with Joe Rogan, less on the nuclear side and more on just uh, kind of the environmental side and. Uh, so on and so forth. He, but sprinkled in there were some really good points. 
you know, um, like the human carbon footprint and all that stuff. And Joe, Joe does take kind of a, a decent stance on that stuff, a tolerable stance. But a few of those things are just like, dude, you're now, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's that book, uh, unsettled. I was, I just had to look it up by Steve Coonan. Great book to read. They talk about, uh, I think he's the one he's, he starts talking about nuclear reactors in there and he's like, Hey, you got to remember like, these new, he goes, when you look at where the science is today, and he goes, when you look at any nuclear reactor out there, there was like the newest one was built like in the seventies yeah, or something like that. So he's like, yeah, I mean, with what we know today, we know a lot more than we did back in the seventies, which, you know, when they, when they opened it in the seventies or built it back in the seventies was probably based on, you know, technology from the fifties or the sixties, right? Like we literally had just created the atom bomb. Uh, so it's like, uh, yeah, that stuff's dated. And now in 2023, it's like, hey, now's the time to start using this stuff because we know a lot more about it. Well, that was one of the points they made. And it's where I agree with them to a point. But I, I'm sitting here putting it into the, the 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 risk matrix that we're always talking about here. Oliver Stone made a good point. It's like how many people have died from nuclear uh, uh, nuclear power accidents, right? Now put that right. up against the entire coal industry and how many people die with that. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's something. But he's factoring in also, he's factoring in coal mining, which is very dangerous. I mean, I'm sure it's less dangerous now than it was, you know, 30 years ago. But at the same time, it's like, but Oliver, what you're not doing is looking into what goes into uranium mining. How many people die in Africa mining uranium? You know, it's like, so it's like it glosses over certain things. I just hate that. And that's kind of how Oliver Stone always has been. He'll, you know, take a statement. It's like, well, how many people died in, you know, uh, Three Mile Island? Zero. How many died in Fukushima? Not many. Not many at all. How, what, and then you got to factor in the long-term effects and stuff like that. And then he compares that to, like, coal, the entire coal industry. And it's like, no, you're, you're leaving out a significant portion of the nuclear power industry itself. But, yeah, all those re- – man, Westinghouse has a reactor now. It's tiny. It's a little tiny reactor. And that thing is – Though I don't know if anybody's bought it. They're trying to sell it. I think they're actually building some for some countries now. But I think, I think it's tiny, and it's like, basically, dude, this thing is like a, it's a toaster oven. The thing will never, ever have a meltdown. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like the old ones. And, yeah. you know, another thing they said is U.S. still leads the world in the number of nuclear reactors. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's like, it's crazy. You give a, a, an aircraft carrier. Those things, they got two nuclear reactors. Those things will go for like 150 years. <laughs> 100, imagine having a motor that lasts 150 years. Yeah, it'd be nice to have one in a, uh, in, you know, my POV uh, that lasted that long. So, yeah, so you're absolutely right. All that was built on 50s technology. Three Mile Island was built in 1968. And so that was obviously using 1950s technology. Fukushima was built in 1971 or 1972 yeah and then chernobyl um they started building it it opened in 1977 so all that stuff is built on and chernobyl know, 50s, was human error technology you know yeah, chernobyl, chernobyl was, was straight human you know, error. straight human error yeah well yeah, i mean even yeah. i mean even if you go back and you know watch a documentary on three mile island and i can't remember exactly what started it but it was basically the same thing uh, it, it was when I, you know, when you say human error, it was just, it was human error, but we, you know, again, you were relying on 1950s, you know, technology. It's like having a, you know, it's like having a TV these days with tubes in it. 
right? It's like, okay, well, you can have a TV that weighs 8,000 pounds with tubes in it and if you want to, but it's not going to work for you. And it's eventually, it's going to break. And so, and you're just not going to be able to do a whole lot in it. And so the nuclear stuff and for, I saw clips of the Oliver Stone Rogan one, uh, you know, for him to compare the entire coal industry, you know, to a couple of nuclear accidents, you know, it's, uh, man, it, it, it goes back to one of those, like, you know, people are like, well, I don't scuba dive because, you know, scuba divers get eaten by sharks and they get, you know, trapped in caves and, you know, they die and, you know, they get left in the ocean and blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, how many people on any given day are diving? It's like flying in an airplane. How many people on any given day are flying in an airplane? Like if you're, if you only bring up plane crashes, okay, it's a very minuscule amount of, you know, aircraft that are in flight every single day. So, you know, the, the, the problem with nuclear power is that when it does go bad, it's generally pretty bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Was, it's never a uh, minor, you know, it's never like we, uh, we just had, it, it was a little meltdown. It wasn't, you know, that big. It was like, no, that was it's like a meltdown's a meltdown. And that was the risk matrix I was, I was talking about left out was what he was totally ignoring is yeah. When it goes wrong, it goes wrong in a big way, in a big way. So yeah, yeah. You, you have to factor all that in, but you know where the newest nuclear reactor of the world is? You probably don't. Yeah. It's in the great state France? of Georgia. Oh, Georgia. No it kidding. It went online. Shit. I think it went online in this year. It went online this year. And it's what, what they do is they retrofit or they'll add a new reactor onto existing ones. I mean, obviously, the three of us are nuclear physicists by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's a new part. It's a new reactor within a, you know, a cluster of like three or three to five or something like that. And it's, yeah, it's in Georgia. It's crazy, man. It's that's just insane, man. But yeah, I, I'm all for nuclear power. You know, when I'm for whatever Greta Thunberg is against, it's all there is to it. When it comes to the environment or, or uh, you know, energy, whatever, and also whatever Greta Thunberg likes, I tend to like. No, that's just not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not sustainable. And they want to talk about sustainable. Wind power is not sustainable. And we got a long way to go with batteries, battery power storage. A long way to go. Yeah. And cars are just the, the smallest portion of that. You know, what they want to talk about is storing, you know, power for electricity to like power Phoenix, Arizona. Dude, we are, the technology isn't anywhere close to that with battery no. power storage. I mean, even, uh, you know, people talk about the infrastructure with with EVs and almost everybody goes back to the power grid, but it's it's so much more than that. So you take a look at a parking garage. And look at what they're rated for weight-wise in construction, and then take a look at the weight of your conventional, you know, ni- you know Nissan Altima, and then take a look at that weight on, you know, a Tesla. Parking garages aren't they're, they're they are not rated for the weight of EVs to be sitting in every single parking spot of a you know that a combustible engine is because they weigh so much more. Um, and it, just from that, you know, just from that alone, you're talking about infrastructure wise, you basically have to go in and retrofit every single parking garage in the United States, right. To support the same amount of, uh, electric vehicles as it would combustion engines. It's crazy. It's crazy when you, when you take a look at that, the same thing. And so now you, the same thing with bridges, uh, and everything, you know, the weight. you know, take a look at whatever the weight is on an 18 wheeler now, and then, you know, how much did Elon's 
you know, 18 wheeler, all electric 18 wheeler. How, how much does that thing weigh? Um, and so you're, I mean, you're talking a lot more than, Hey, we need some new, you know, we need to add a couple more substations, you know, that somebody's going to go and shoot up anyway. Uh, you know, like they did in my County and, uh, you know, left us, <laughs> left us without power for a week. It was funny. Cause, uh, the people who would elect with, uh, EVs, most of you know, Tesla's, uh, cause nobody buys a Chevy Volt, uh, you know, when it was available cause it was a piece of shit. Uh, dude, there were people since we did not have power for a week, there were people who could not power their cars. And that's all the battery pack too, man. A thousand yeah. pounds, 1000 yes. pounds. Yeah. Look at the cur- dude. Think about their curb weight on a Tesla compared to a curb weight on your Nissan Altima. So yeah, I'm looking crazy. at the exact. I actually have it. Right. Yeah, I've got it pulled up. So 2023 numbers, Tesla Model 3, 4,000 pounds. Model Y, 4,500 pounds. Model X, uh, over 5,000 pounds. And then the Model S, uh, 4,500 to 4,700 pounds. And when you look at your... You know, to give you some comparison, your like a typical small automobile would gas uh, would be about twenty five hundred pounds. My diesel, right, is ten thousand pounds. So this Tesla that is one quarter the size, way, and I didn't even think about what you're what you're talking about, Josh. That's actually, you know, everybody talks about the energy grid and this and that, but yeah, you don't even think about the infrastructure where you've got these vehicles that are, you know, rolling around at five thousand pounds, uh, not just on the bridges and parking garages things like that just regular wear and tear on the road right it's more weight yeah yeah it's a lot more weight dude and you think about i wonder i wonder what we're going to start seeing with crashes when you know you've got a five thousand pound car that's traveling 70 miles an hour you know but man velocity baby velocity um yeah it, it was just we, the country's not ready for it and we're not getting, I don't know that we'll ever be ready. Ford Lightning weighs 6,500 pounds. <laughs> Holy moly. See, at some point, they're going to reach diminishing returns, right? Uh, with respect to how heavy the thing is and how much that battery is going to have to weigh. It's diminishing returns, the same as, you know, rocket flight in space. It's like it gets so big to a point where it doesn't make any sense to make them bigger. So it's like the battery technology is what's got to come along. It's got right. to come along. We're not. We're not anywhere close to that. And I, Josh, as far as will the country ever be ready for it? Ugh. It, it, no, it won't it, until it's widely accepted. It'll slowly be ready for it. It'll be a slow transition if it ever happens. But as long as there's fossil fuels out here, man, it's just you can't artificially inject demand at at the level of the you know world's number one economy. It's just not going to work. You know, somebody's going to figure out a way around it. If everybody's going EV, right? Not everybody can afford that. Somebody's going to figure out some way. They're going to get the right uh, lobbyists in place and everything to go back to gas-powered cars, to fossil fuel-powered cars, and, yeah. you know, put out the cheaper car for the ones that everybody wants. And it's just – so if it ever is ready, it's not going to be a point where, okay, now we're ready for it. Now we've got the infrastructure for it. It's just going to be slow. It's, it's going to be slow. But that battery technology has got to come along. It's it's got to yeah. six thousand yeah. pounds. Good lord! And yeah, it's, 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 dude. It's so insane. the Cybertruck, not the not the eighteen wheeler that you know Tesla rolled out, but just that 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 crazy looking you know Halo three Cybertruck looking thing. That thing weighs almost sixty five hundred pounds. Just almost as you know, talking about the Ford Lightning. That's, I mean, 
that's that's pretty uh that's pretty crazy um and and that's a good point you know luke trying to you know create artificial artificial demand um people just people aren't going to have it you take a look at you know you take a look at germany germany when they thought that you know there was going to be a bad winter uh and that putin was going to turn off the you know turn off the gas they restarted their nuclear reactors much to the you know chagrin of, of greta thunberg uh well they just shut their nuclear reactors down um you know now that the the winter's kind of over and uh you know over there and and, and it, you know it wasn't as harsh as they thought it was going to be but they shut their nuclear reactors down and now they said well, we're just going to burn fossil fuels until we can come online with everything being electric. And you just look at it. You're just like, <laughs> why? Like if fossil fuels are like, keep your nuclear reactors running, you know, dude, France and Spain, they're like, no, we shut our stuff down. You're crazy. Nuclear is good, man. Like it's, you know, it's good until it's not. Then we'll just, we'll fall off that bridge when we get there. It's amazing how, how, how many times throughout <laughs> history, the Germans have outsparted themselves. <laughs> they just like my granddad would say they completely outfox themselves on this one they just they think that they're so brilliant they do just the dumbest things oh so glad i don't live in europe anymore Oof. well and some of this stuff you know the, and the answer is you know you you have to take a holistic approach the answer is hey wind when it's available solar when it's available nuclear you know obviously you throw in the mix with with natural gas and you throw it in there with i mean that's how you do it you don't put all your eggs in one basket it's like I'm a fan, you know, big believer, especially when you're out west, you got a lot of desert, you got a lot of places to where, hey, when you look at that risk of a of a meltdown or whatever, you know, you could use that to power large cities like Las Vegas, Phoenix, you know, things like that. And it's like, hey, man, if you use everything there, uh, you do reduce your your carbon footprint. But it's like, hey, man, it's it's one extreme or the other. It's like, you know, and even the Republicans are like this, like, hey, it's either all fossil fuel. Or the Democrats are no all EV, which, by the way, is powered by fossil fuel and stuff anyway. So, you know, to me, it's just like a no brainer. I don't understand why they don't get the, hey, man, use a little bit of everything, right? All right. So I'm sure that we will continue to tackle the climate and nuclear power and renewables and, you know, the petrochemicals and all that. But because I do believe that uh, we should do like a whole episode, because I think that the three of us have a lot of, uh, Thoughts that we haven't actually shared here because we never dive deep enough into it, the whole climate change issue and all that stuff. But we have talked about it on certain segments. So maybe that's one of the things we need to do. We always say that. Maybe we need to do an episode on this. But one of these days we will. We're only at 120 right now. But uh, speaking of which, uh, let, me, let me do this. It's uh, I don't know. I guess we're about halfway through or so. I'm going to give a shout out now to a couple of guys that I didn't really realize, but they called on the last episode and said, man, we really enjoyed certain aspects of that episode. What they really liked is the fact that uh, Josh and I jumped right into it at the very beginning and and made it spicy from the real, from the start. I thought that was pretty cool. Maybe we should try that again. <laughs> but they liked the uh, they liked the aspect of each of us talking about some of our uh, local local stuff. Uh, one dude actually called me and I was like, dude, I just put it on social media, but he called me up as usual. They always call you or text you. And he's like, man, you know, he told me a story about what's going on in his town. And he's like, it's, it's like, man, it's the same thing. And then another dude, uh, so the first guy was Diego and the second guy, I didn't realize he was still listening is Jason. So shout out to those guys. They said they really enjoyed it and they shared a little bit about what was going on in their local, local politics. So I thought that was kind of cool. So. Uh, we'll, we'll keep on hitting on the local stuff, but for now I want to ask Roger, 
because uh, he's got his shirt on, uh, clean up on aisle 46. <laughs> so Roger, Josh and I were talking while you were trying to get your uh, technology issues, your IT issues sorted out. Um, so Josh, I know you you say, I, and we know that if if Trump is uh, the nominee, then we're looking at you know another four years of, of a Democratic presidency, which uh, I, I don't disagree with. But Roger, let me ask you this. So Josh and I were talking about DeSantis voters versus Trump voters and how, man, the Trump people are ride or die. On Twitter, at least, Trump is ride or die. These people are in it no matter what. You know, they bring up the Fauci stuff. They're like, nah, man, they just deflect right on to something else or someone else. They almost want, the, want like they want to ignore that stuff, you know, cognitive dissonance and all that stuff. So I guess my question to you is, if DeSantis gets the nomination, how likely is a Trump supporter going to be to vote for DeSantis and vice versa? If Trump is the nominee, how likely is as a DeSantis supporter going to vote for Trump? Because I'll tell you how I feel right now is that right now, and there's a long way to go, so I may change my mind on this, but right now I'm a DeSantis supporter, okay? And if Trump gets the nomination, I will hold my nose and vote for him. Uh, you know, we can get it more into that, but I don't see a ride-or-die Trump person doing the same thing. Your thoughts on the matter? <laughs> First, uh, let me note uh, to Josh that I did not bring up politics. Uh, that was Luke this time, so anyway... I think most of your normal Trump voters w will vote DeSantis or whoever the the Republican nominee is. Um, your your rider dies, and and this is you know kind of what we texted. It's like everybody, and I agree. You know, it's like, hey, how does Trump win independent voters? How does he win women voters? And again, there's a long way to go. But the other question is, how does DeSantis win Trump voters? And I think a lot of that is going to be. Uh, however, these primaries work themselves out. Let's say DeSantis is the nominee. Uh, Trump needs to go out there and back him. I mean, that's the reality of it. He needs to come out there and he needs to back him and say, hey, look, here's the bottom line. Yes, I wanted to be the nominee. I think I'm the best person to run this country, yada, yada, yada. The fact is DeSantis was chosen. And guess what? He's a hell of a lot better than Biden. OK, that's a fact. And, and, and Trump needs to come out and do that. Uh, and DeSantis or whoever, right? I mean, it's just like the whole pack they said before. I mean, that, and that's the problem with the with the Republicans is they just can't get all around their candidate and circle the wagons. You know, I think the, you know, I'm still up in the air. Uh, I, I don't even know how I'm going to vote in the primary yet because, you know, it's tough. When I see bits of Trump coming like, or becoming unhinged, right? Like when he was going after Kayleigh McEnany, uh, you know, on true social, whatever. I'm like, man, this dude is like nuts. I mean, he's like literally losing his mind. But then when I hear his campaign speeches, I'm like, that's the Trump that I voted for, you know, and, and maybe it's part of him coming unhinged <laughs> where he's, he's neurotic one minute and then he's kind of sane the next minute. Uh, you know, what you see on and what I'm seeing on social media with him is he's all over the place. You know, he, he's there congratulating Cuomo and applauding what he did up in New York and Florida sucks. And, you know, you see that, but then again, you turn around, you listen, listen to him at his campaign rally and it's, it's 180. So he's a little bit all over the place. What I'm, and I'll get into the, to the live feed after I, I kick it over to Josh, get some of his thoughts, but answering your question, I think most of your normal Trump supporters will vote, you know, for DeSantis or whoever the nominee is, but Trump does need to come out and DeSantis or, or whoever the losers are and say, hey, we need to get back uh, behind this horse because I don't care what uh, 
you know, I don't care what Republican nominee you have, they're going to be better than, than Biden. And come on, I mean, one, I'm still not convinced Biden makes it to the election. Uh, I, I'm still not convinced that he's running. And I mean, is anybody kidding themselves at this guy? So we're really saying that he's going to make it another six years. Dude, I mean, no way, no way in heck uh, does that dude make it another six years, Josh? Yeah, I think mo- I think most of your Trump voters will, you know, come out and back to Santos uh, at the poll, even if they say they don't. Even the ones that say they don't, when they go in the booth, they're not voting for Biden. They're not just all of a sudden be like, "Well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna vote for Biden because I'm not voting for Santos," or you know, they may stay home. Um, you know, you see, I don't see a lot of DeSantis voters doing that, you know, if Trump is the nominee, I just, I don't. So as for, as for Trump, the guy is all over the charts and there's a couple of things that he needs to address that he continues to fail to, to address. One is COVID, his response to COVID, why he allowed Fauci to basically run the store during COVID, right? He hadn't fully addressed that yet. I need to know from Trump that he's not going to allow lockdowns to occur like he, you know, like he did. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the other COVID stuff that got put into, uh, into place, basically, basically he let Fauci, you know, like I said, he, he let him mind the store on that. Trump also needs to come out and he is the own, some of these nominations, some of these picks that he made during his presidency, Chris Ferrey being one of them, he Trump hired some absolutely terrible people for somebody who, you know, touts his ability to, you know, to read people and hire them. He hired some absolute atrocious people. And so he needs to answer for that. And then I still haven't heard from any of the talking heads on Twitter, you know, who are pushing hard for Trump, like DC Drano, Laura Loomer, who's batshit crazy. Uh, but, you know, these people, they are they are ride or die, man. They're, you know, like, what's his face on Slim Pickens, man? They're riding the nuke in, you know, all the way. I have yet to hear them say how Trump is going to win independent voters, win women voters, and... Trump continues to beat the drum about, you know, the fraud in the 2020 election. Okay. Well, what is your plan to overcome that in 2024? I have yet to hear that from any of them. Uh, so there, there, you know, there's still some do outs, uh, on, you know, on Trump that I, that I like to, you know, I like to hear. And, you know, so for DeSantis, DeSantis needs to, he needs to figure out how to get a crowd fired up because He's stiff, that's what man. I got in my notes, dude. He, Good call. Yeah. DeSantis is stiff. He is not, you know, he's not a, he's not a Trump. Trump can get a crowd fired up because he says outlandish things. I think DeSantis is a lot more reserved. Um, and he's, you know, from what I've seen, he hadn't gotten the response from the crowds that, uh, you know, that, that Trump has gotten, but his substance is so good. DeSantis's substance is so good. And that's me personally. That's what I want out of my president. I want to hear substance. Um, but unfortunately, you know, in this instant gratification world, uh, a lot of voters don't want to hear substance. They just, you know, they want to hear, we're going to make America great again. And, you know, desanctimonious. They, they want to hear all these crazy nicknames that he comes up with people, you know, because that's funny. And Rob. that gets a laugh and that gets people. <laughs> they call him Rob. Yeah. Rob DeSanctimonious. Call him Rob. 
yeah, it's so it, it's it's child it's so childish, right? It's the it's the little Marco and the you know the lion Ted from you know from 2016, and you're like, come on, dude, come on, like it's it's so ridiculous. Um, and you know, and then DeSantis needs to. I would like to hear some more on DeSantis's foreign policy. Uh, I haven't heard. I've heard just a little bit of his foreign policy, not a lot. I'd like to hear some more on that. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at on the on the Trump DeSantis thing in the primary. If things stay the same, I'm voting DeSantis, uh, and then we'll see in the uh, in the general. It's just curious with the with the stiffness and the you know I don't want to call it colorless but boring for lack of a better word it's 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 just interesting that because that's going to be a narrative obviously that's going to be a narrative but like who's that narrative for you know because uh, Democrat you know how many 82, 81 million people voted for Biden that guy was basically dead uh, you know for for months so it's like okay well Biden wasn't very you know colorful kind of, you know, he's kind of boring. He's basically asleep. So it's like Democrats, whatever I, you know, they're not going to get excited about a uh, bombastic Republican candidate. You would think that independent voters might get more excited about a guy who's kind of bland, but has good policy stuff. He's a family man, buys his kids ice cream at political events, you know, all this kind of stuff. They might get excited about that, but the narrative is basically going to be, this is milk toast Ron. See that—that's what I would call. It. If I was Trump, I would, or I would, I would say, hey, "Well, he's milk toast, Ron." They call him milk toast, you know, because he's, you know, bored. That's that would stick. It's like, but Trump, as usual, is surrounding himself with stupid people running his campaign, you know, or, or just he's not listening to the right people. I don't think they're stupid, but oof, it's that's 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 a tough one. Um, I, I think you're you're on 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 point there, Roger. That it's really going to depend on what Trump does. If DeSantis gets the gets the nomination, you know, if, if Trump comes out and is acting like an idiot about it, then, yeah, you are going to get a lot of people, you know, those ride or dies, which, gosh, I mean, with with Trump supporters, how what do you think the uh, the like hardcore Trump supporters who are supporting him now in all these polls over Ron DeSantis or anyone else? How many of those are hardcore? I mean, I think a lot of Trump supporters are pretty hardcore. Like, it doesn't matter what he says, you know, so I. It, it is going to depend a lot on how Trump handles losing if he does, which I still think he's going to. I, I think I don't think he's going to win the nomination. I think he's going to totally implode. I looked a little bit into the uh, the rules about you know election and all that stuff and and and, and uh, uh, declaring yourself a candidate. I don't think Trump's going to be able to legitimately like if he sees he's not going to win, you know, in Iowa, New Hampshire, and then so on and so forth. I don't think he's just going to be able to say, "Oh nope, I'm running as an independent." I don't think the laws allow him to do that. So, uh, but he might say, screw all these people, write me in. You know, I'm, I could see him doing something crazy like that. I'm pulling out because this is crooked and they're trying to set me up and all these things. Uh, and people are complaining a lot right now about how thick the Republican field is getting. Well, guess what? It's thinner than it was uh, in 20, uh, 2016, 2015. Way thinner. Remember they had the the A team and the B team uh, debates. Remember that debates? That was yeah. crazy, man. There were a lot of people in that one. So I don't. I yeah, don't. The field was here. I don't think it's over overstacked right now. You know, Chris Christie. You know, we we're joking about him being fat, but at least he's wearing a suit. You know, but we're talking about him being fat and being a disgusting fat body. It's gross, and he's you know repugnant in just about every way. 
you know, he's going to throw his hat into the ring. Mike Pence for whatever, I guess, I guess, I don't know how old he is, but at some point, at some point, shouldn't you just hang it up and just like, you know what? It's been a good run. VP is good enough for me. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what he plans to get out of it. I think a lot of these people plan to get some kind of secretaryship out of, out of running that, that generally happens, or maybe even a vice president, Kamala Harris, you know, but the interesting one, Roger, is on the Democrat side, people are really encouraging Jamie Dimon to run. And Jamie Dimon's not that old. Uh, I had it pulled up here and I lost it. He is, well, I guess he is kind of old. He's 67. He looks good for 67, though. But, you know, Jamie Dimon throwing his hat in there. I don't know how he runs as a Democrat. I, I read through his stuff. I mean, his his claim to fame, I guess, is in the housing crisis. J.P. Morgan Chase was in the best shape of any bank. But what I would throw back at him is, why did you take the $25 billion then in TARP funds? If you didn't need it, why did you take it? And the answer is simple. It's because it's free money. Why would we not take it? I, you know, I have a, you know, I have to take care of my investors, you know, but I, I just don't see somebody like Jamie Dimon who kind of presided over, you know, the, the, the mortgage fraud and all that stuff. You know, his, his defense, I was reading about him, his defense was, well, all the lawmakers let us do it. It's like, yeah, that's kind of not a defense problem. You know, I mean, I, that is a very capitalist thing to say. And I applaud you for it. But, you know, come on. So what do you think? I like Jamie Dimon. I, so, Roger, you you are still not convinced that uh, Joe Biden, you're not 100 percent convinced that Joe Biden's going to make it nor that he's going to run. So what does that look like if he doesn't? Right. If it comes out, is the doctor going to say, you know, is the doctor going to finally go to Jill and say, look, you're you're literally going to kill your husband if this happens or he takes some cognitive some cognitive test leaks and shows that, you know, he's got the cognition of a 12 year old or something. Does he remove himself or does something leak? And then what does that look like from that point? Because it's going to have to happen soon, because then you're going to have Newsom throwing his hat in Kamala, uh, Jamie Dimon, maybe so. How do you see that going if if Joe Biden is not the nominee? So I'm leaning more and more towards Newsom. I think he gets medically tapped, right? He gets medically tapped by his team or, or whatever. I think it happens towards uh, – I mean, they're going to be strategic about it. It's not going to be a last-second thing, uh, but the Democrats you – know, it's too early to to not say, hey, I'm not running for president right now. Uh, so they're going to let it play out, and I don't know, Josh. I mean, it's probably like – I guess at least a year out, right? You you probably need at least a year of, of solid campaigning. So maybe by late uh, late fall, early winter, um, you know, November December time frame that happens. And and you, I mean, I think it's going to be Newsom, but I think you have to at least give him a year uh, to campaign. Um, but I, I there's no doubt in my mind. And hey, stranger things have happened. But I just don't see him uh, actually making it to the election. And part of me says. Hey, the Democrats are just kind of waiting. There's kind of like, hey, let's see how some stuff shakes out. Maybe there's somebody we can get behind. But as you brought up Gavin Newsom, uh, I think that's probably their most logical choice. And, and the dude can win. I mean, that's the reality of it. It's like Josh said, you know, it's it's no longer become about substance. I mean, the guy's charismatic, decent looking dude. He's up there with his, you know, slick suit, and slick back hair and this and that. And, you know, he, he can win. Um with DeSantis, I was actually, I was looking forward to him actually throwing his name in, in, in you know, in the hat to, to run for president. And I thought he was going to get a bigger pop than what he did. But his, like, I went back and watched the Twitter rollout. 
dude, it was horrible. That thing was atrocious. Uh, and he ought to go punch Elon in the nuts because that the first 20 minutes of that thing, he had tech issues. The listeners to his, first of all, I wouldn't have done it on Twitter because you need to see him. You know, you need to, you need to rile up that base and you need, you need the visual, right? You need the video. When the live feed first went off, it was 600,000 listeners, right? They eventually had to close it down, do another live feed, uh, and he capped out at 300,000 listeners. Uh, Well, wait, do you know why it it froze up? Because they Uh, discussed it. Probably just bandwidth. Bandwidth. Well, because one of the reasons it happened, just, just throw this in there and then you throw it back to you. Number one, they made a mistake by linking it to Elon Musk's account. Okay, so they said that like when they actually came online, they were like, this was a bad idea. We should have linked it to someone else's account. This other guy, the other guy that was in there, I can't remember his name. They said link it to his account because he has far few, far fewer, um, far fewer uh, followers. Right. So I think the 300,000 is a little misleading because I was actually listening uh, when it finally went live, you know, after they sorted out their tech issues. I was listening through another account that was tied to that. So, you know, it might've been, I might've been the only one that was doing that, but I noticed there were close to 150,000 listening through that account. So I think, I think that it wasn't just streaming through that one. You could link to that and stream it through your own. So like C3, if we were verified, we could have linked to that and people could have come to us and we could have just played it and made our own little comments as it was going on. So I I just want to throw that in there that, yeah, but I agree, Roger. I, I think it was, it was kind of a disaster, but again, with the substance of what he was saying, like if he was given that same speech, he gave his little six or to 10 minute monologue at the very beginning, it was good, right? He probably should have been in front of a crowd of people, but then the Q&A, that was really good as well. So it was the substance I thought was great. It's just the rollout was, I agree, it was kind of a disaster. So sorry to jump in there. I just want to those no, you're, you're good. You know, I, I think the, uh, and I get it with the whole, you know, listening to other accounts. I think the same can be said when it initially came out. So I do think the numbers were, were significantly reduced, uh, when they, when they rolled it back out 20 minutes later, but it was awkward as heck. Um, and then actually came back out and said, we should do this again. I'm like, no, let's not do this again, but he needs to be on video. But his substance going back to what Josh was saying, uh, was, was spot on. You know, he talked about border security, uh, drugs, fentanyl, military, institution integrity, inflation, woke ideology, COVID lockdowns. Uh, and what I took away from it that I, I appreciated was a looking forward, not backwards. Uh, that That's what I wanted to hear. Um, however, you know, I expected the big pop and it came off as, as pretty underwhelming. Um, with the COVID thing, praise for keeping the schools open. What are your thoughts about reforming, you know, reforming public health authority, CDC, FDA, NIH uh, to prevent lockdowns again, like Josh mentioned? Um, and his big thing was, Hey, you got to clean out the agencies and you got to prevent collusion, uh, to censor information, which is kind of funny because YouTube has now come out and they are no longer going to ban, uh, videos or content that talk about the 2020 stolen election, which is kind of weird. So now, you know, I have to ask you guys this question at the end of this, maybe we repost our video, uh, that was banned for, I think, election integrity and, uh, COVID. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe take the shot because I think if we get another strike, I think they actually kick us out or whatever, but he was talking about that. Uh, they asked, how would you rein in government, uh, agency overreach? And he said, you know, and they were talking about specifically through Congress. He was talking about bring back accountability, constitutionality, also the use of the purse. 
um, power of the purse. So, you know, he basically said there are a lot of points of leverage that you have uh, within Article Two of the Constitution, uh, as well as through Congress uh, that aren't being used. Uh, talked about Disney, explained his fight. He's like, he didn't want to have Disney to have self-governing status because they had special privileges for taxes, laws, regulation, uh, competitive environment versus any other company that's trying to break into that industry. Uh, again, I, I, I can get behind that. Uh, I just don't think that publicly that is not making its way out. Uh, and that's something I, you know, cause a lot of folks are turned off with the fight with Disney. And I think that needs to come out. You know, people are losing sight that, Hey, they are given special privileges over other companies that are in this competitive landscape that they don't have. And, and that's, that's probably the first time I've heard, uh, that, that narrative come out. Uh, book banning in Florida. He straight out said no books are banned in Florida. Schools flag books for age-appropriate material. Talked about border security, basically reversing Biden's orders, stop the asylum process. Um, and then they asked, hey, proof that you can carry out your agenda. And he said, look at my past performance uh, in Florida. You know, that's proof that I can carry out my agenda, which I love because especially as governors, like we mentioned before, uh, the proof is in the pudding. I can look to see what he's done over the last four years or six years or two years or whatever to see if he's going to you know, do what he says. Uh, talked a little bit about uh, debanking, ESG, environmental, social, and governance. Um, never really gave a, a real answer to that. Just kind of reverted back to the Florida law prohibiting ESG investments. Uh, and again, that's some that's into the weeds, right? That's, that's like you're getting really, really deep uh, to, to go down that road. Uh, talked about crypto thoughts uh, or you know cryptocurrency, uh, government trying to regulate it out of business, every right to have Bitcoin. Uh, government is threatened because they have no oversight. That's pretty much his answer, which was good. You know, return power uh, to the people to decide. And and I like that answer as well. Talked about central bank digital currency. Florida passed a law not to recognize CBDC, uh, which was a good thing. So all in all, the substance was there. Um, what scares me with DeSantis, and I think there's more that needs to come out, like Josh mentioned, some of his foreign policy, uh, some of his economic policy needs to come out and be a little bit more specific. But Josh, I think what scares me the most, and not really scares me, something's got to change with his campaign. Now, I know we got a long way to go, and and Trump, you know, who knows what his legal issues, but barring any of that stuff, like if we're on the same path and we continue down the same path, something's got to change because the poll numbers are not reflecting a lot of support for DeSantis. Um, and again, polls, they are what they are. I get it. Uh, but consistently, when you look at the polls, uh, he's actually lost ground. Uh, since he's come out and, and thrown his hat in the ring. Uh, and so you can, you know, we can sit there and go back and forth, you know, Trump, DeSantis, whatever. He's not going to win it in the 20 percentile. That just ain't going to happen. Uh, as Trump's lead is around 25 to 35 percent, depending on where your polls are or which poll you go after, uh, it's pretty clear that he has got to change. Um, so I mean, outside of the and, and I totally agree with you. I mean, you got to get up there and you got to you got to fire up your base. Right. Uh, but outside of that, what else can he do or what do you think he has to do? Because uh, he's got to start clipping those heels, man. He's got to start making ground. And I get it. You're not going to make up 30% overnight. But I actually expected uh, after, well, I'll put it this way. And this is why I didn't like the Twitter rollout. I think if he would have come out and done something on TV where there's some video and, and had no audio video issues, uh, I think the polls would already be closer. Now, I think he would be in the 30s. Uh, and, and if he comes out and he's within 15 points, Hey man, we're in striking distance. But the reality is if you don't get above 25% anyway, nobody takes you serious. That's why Trump's like, Hey, I'm not going to debate in the primaries. Why would you debate in the primaries? Cause if you can't get consistently above 25%, uh, why would you even go down that road? So what else does he have to do outside of, of fire up the base? 
so I don't put a lot of stock in any of the polls, honestly. Um, I generally never have in 2016 should have told everybody everything they need to know about polls. Um, now black helicopter and me also says that don't say black helicopter. Don't say black helicopter. Our listener, Michael doesn't like it when we say that. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Michael. Um, if I'm, if I want DeSantis out of the race and let's say, you know, I'm a, you know, I own a media company or, you know, I have a lot of money to influence, you know, certain folks and I want DeSantis out of the race, then I'll, I'll make those polls say whatever I need them to say, right. To do what's up. The only reason I bring up the polls, normally I don't give a crap about them. Uh, it is important in the primary process because if he doesn't get over a certain threshold, uh, the GOP will keep him out of the debates or not even have a debate if he doesn't you know, get above whatever number. I get what you're saying, but normally I wouldn't put a lot of stock in it. But in the primary, the polls are important because if they don't get above a certain number, they won't make it to the stage. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I'll touch on the debates here in a second. Um, and so, but if I, if I don't want somebody in a race, then I'll skew those polls how I want those polls to be skewed. Right. And then, and, and so when people know, well, well, I can't vote for that guy because he's only at 20%. So when I go in the booth on the primary, I'm just going to go ahead and throw my vote, you know, to, to Trump. Um, just go ahead and say it, man. What? Who do you think wants Trump to, to run more than anybody else? Democrats. Exactly. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. They want because they know he'll lose. Um, they, they know he'll lose to whoever their candidate's going to be. As far as the debates go, they, the, the RNC and, and the, the DNC, uh, those rules have to change. Oh, you got to be above this certain threshold, you know, to debate or candidates have the option to be like, Oh, I'm not going to debate at all. No, if you are, if you are a candidate and you are running for president of the United States, you must debate. You don't have a choice. We'll have a, hey, like they did in 2016, we'll have an A team and a B team debate, but your ass is going to be on the stage and you're going to answer questions. I don't, then that goes for whoever the incumbent president is as well, because you're rerunning for president. So guess what? Your ass is going to debate. There is no, there is no, well, I'm not going to debate somebody because they're not up in the polls or I'm just not going to, you don't have a choice. That has to change. Because the American people need to hear you. That's just a, that's my thing on the debates. I don't know that, you know. I mean, that's you know the world according to me, but and that's not going to change. Ronald McDaniel is not going to wake up tomorrow morning and be like, "Oh shit, Josh is right. C three is right, man. We got to we got to change these rules." Um, you know, and who did wait? Who backed Ronald McDaniel for? Uh, you know, which I, oh that's right, Trump. Um, so. DeSantis has to he he has to get people in his age group excited. He has to because I think the older, especially the I think the older GOP is going to go with DeSantis because older people generally kind of look you know I want to say more conservative, but you know I would I would you know venture to say the the older you know folks in the in the Republican Party are probably a little bit more conservative, you know. Um, He's got to get, he's got to get, man, he's got to get those, those twenties, thirties and forties individuals excited about him. He just, he does. And I, he's got to, he's got to do something. 
Um, I what that something is, I don't I don't know. But he's he he's got to get out there. But here's a, here's the other thing with it though, he can't overdo it. He can't come across as fake. If he's just not that guy, he's just not that guy, and he doesn't need to to get out there and try and fake it because people will see through that, and nobody people dislike that. Just go out and be yourself, and then you know it'll be what it'll be. So the age group twenty to twenty nine is unless they're young Republicans listening to uh, Ben Shapiro, which there are quite a few. It's just kind of crazy to me, but it doesn't even touch the demographic itself. Twenty to twenty nine. I don't think there's anything he can do to appeal to. I don't think I'll go so far as to say is I don't think there's anything as such as an independent voter, 20 to 29. They may be, they may not have a party affiliation. I'm sure they don't 20 to 29. You know, if you're talking about hundred percent of that population, but those people aren't going to vote Republican more than 5%, I would say. So it's like, I, I do think that, you know, the, the Twitter rollout was his campaign the DeSantis campaign saying, okay, what can we do to like try at least to get in touch with like the digital type generation, you know, your millennials and your Gen Zers, you know, because that Twitter rollout brother, that wasn't for my parents. My parents don't have a Twitter account. You know what I'm saying? He knows he's going to get their vote. So it's like, he's trying to reach out, but at the same time, how much energy do you want to waste on Gen Zers? Man, I, I don't think any Republican should waste a lot of energy on that. I, I really don't. And that's a sign of the times. And, and Roger might disagree with me on that. But one thing that this, with DeSantis that we really got to watch is the money aspect. Uh, you know, I'm just on the initial figures. I'm looking from 2020 to present. Trump has uh, built a $250 million uh, campaign war chest. DeSantis is already up to $80 million uh, through his, his main super PAC. I mean, that's a lot. 80 million in a short amount of time is quite a bit. I think it says here uh, 8.2 million within the first 24 hours. It's like I've gotten to a point where I can put my money where my mouth is, not in a huge way, not the maximum contribution of $6,600. But at the same time, you know, I I said in 2020, uh, leading up to the 2020 election, I think I donated more than everything I donated up to that point, which still wasn't a lot, but it was something. You know, and this time, I, you know, I'm real close to probably within the next couple of weeks to start, you know, uh, donating to that campaign and uh, buying some merch, uh, buying a little merch, a little DeSantis merch. So what is it, Josh? What you got? No, I was going to say, dude, so, I mean, real quick, um, they they do need to take a look at those, those, those Gen Z voters because about... 27 people between the ages of 18 and 29 voted in these last midterms. And, 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 and that's it. And where did they vote? That's a good chunk. Like what, where, did no, they which vote? way did they vote? Do they, which way did they vote? A lot of them, a lot of them did vote Democrat, but they also came back in a poll that was conducted afterwards and quote, uh, they said they, they voted decidedly with Democrats, but some still wish they were better informed before voting. Okay, well, that's that's, so, a, that's a positive sign. And it's like, but you just talking to some of these kids, and I, I, I talked to, you guys talk to them also, kids that age. But They live in my house. Yeah. You got a 20-year-old? You don't have a 20-year-old <laughs> kid. You got a voting age kid, that's for sure. But it's I like, have an 18-year-old. I think that, you know, when Roger was, was going down the list of some of the stuff DeSantis uh, touched on, you know, if you're going to convince... Eight to, or 20 to 29 year olds, you know, who are somewhat civically engaged to vote for a Republican, they're going to have to start talking about Bitcoin 
and and stuff like that. Something that will appeal to them because <laughs> you guys know, man, 18, 29 year olds are so brainwashed through TikTok and all this stuff, you know, and, and just constant social media that anything, you know, it's just, that's a tough demographic. Okay. But I, I'm convinced of this, that sure. if they are going to try to appeal to that demographic, you know, Christina Pushaw is the, the one to do it. Uh, you know, it, and I do think, you know, it was a risky, risky thing uh, to, to go out on Twitter, but I think that was kind of their first step to try to do it. Um, and, you know, I don't know what his, his presence is on Instagram, but I have no idea. One, one quick point I wanted to bring up and then maybe Roger could change the subject or not. I don't, it's up to you. But Darren pointed out something when we were talking about uh, banking. Remember, I was complaining about my bank, you know, USAA. Uh, Darren pointed out something, and I think he, I don't know if he did it on social media or not. He, he did, actually. He actually tweeted to us about it. Darren never tweets. So thanks for that, Darren. When he said, you know, one thing to take into account when you're talking about savings and loan, and what made me think about this was Roger's point about DeSantis talking about tax breaks and things like this for the Reedy Creek and all that stuff is that SNLs don't pay tax. They do not pay tax like a regular bank does. And Darren, uh, you probably imagine what industry he's in. He has a real problem with that. Because it's like, you know, if, if you want to set up a bank, you know, you're competing against savings and loans in the area that don't have to pay taxes because savings and loans aren't what they used to be. Savings and loan used to be almost like a 401k, a 501c3 where it's like it's a nonprofit, all this stuff. But he said it's 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 a shadow of its former self. It's not like that anymore. And people will set up these fly-by-night savings and loans because they don't have to you know, they don't have to pay taxes and therefore it's it's easier to compete with a bank. So anyway, uh, so Roger, I think that's all I had on on DeSantis for now. Unless you want to keep talking, I'm sure I'd come up with No, I just, I just I got to follow up on uh not necessarily the midterms, but looking at the the 2020 voters. So 62% of the 2020 voters voted in 2016 and 2018. Uh, that fell 46%, 53%, 53% to Biden. Uh, the next largest category uh, was probably the Gen Z. It's not broken down by age, but it was 19% of the voters that had not voted in either of those elections. Uh, and that broke 47 to 49. And, uh, the third place was voted in 2016 and not 2018, which means just your general election or your national election voters. That was 13%. That actually broke in favor of Trump, 53-45. And then 2018 and not 2016, so the midterm voters, but not the general election voters, that came in fourth place at 6%, and that broke Biden. So all of those categories broke in Biden's favor uh, with the exception of the 2016 and not 2018 voters. So... Uh, you know, there, there's a lot more to play out. There's a lot of time. Uh, I would like to see DeSantis uh, start to nip at his heels a little bit and start to cut into that lead a little bit. Uh, I think he can. Um, it'll be interesting, though. You know, again, going back to to the, you know, Trump's in the lead. Uh, I'd like to see him do something to appeal to independents and, and the women voters, because at the end of the day, you're going to need him to win. Um, he's got to do. I don't want to be so much like, you know, what Josh is saying that he can't beat Biden. Trump can win an election. Okay. Obviously, uh, they said he couldn't win in 2016. The thing is, I don't see that path unless he wins independence and women voters. So that, that, that's my point. He has to win some independence. He's got to win the women voters. Uh, I need to see some policy change, some rhetoric change, uh, some directional change. But I think the, the true entertaining piece of this is Christina Pushow 
and her, uh, I've seen some of the banter back and forth with her and, and the Trump war room. Dude, that stuff's gold. Like we could do entire episodes off the bantering back and forth. And uh, I, I think, you know, as we sit here and we talk about it, Josh, that that might be his way forward, right? Is like, hey, actually start using her as that mouthpiece uh, and getting her out there a little bit more uh, because she's quick, man. She's quick. She's sharp. She reminds me a lot of uh, Kaylee McEnany. She reminds me a lot of uh, what's her face down in, in Arkansas, you know, uh, Sandra Huckabee. Uh, I think that might, you know, maybe he incorporates more of her to bring out some more of that personality. Uh, but he's going to have to start nipping at the buds. He's got some big time donor support. Uh, the problem is going to be if he doesn't start making up ground here in these next several months, I think he might actually start to lose some of that support from the, from the, the super PACs and that type of stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And, uh, any may man, but it's still a long way. I mean, he really doesn't have, he's not going to hit the campaign trail until dude, this fall. Right. I mean, you know, when he hopped on that bus this fall, like, I mean, we're still months away from that because right now, like you said, it's still fundraising. You know, it's still it's still everything. The same thing with, you know, with Gavin Newsom, if your prediction comes true, dude, right now, Gavin, he, he needs money. And then this fall, late fall, he'll, you know, he'll hop on that, that, that bus. And when do you think, so, when, when's the, the cutoff? Do you cutoff? think that, that they, like if the Democrats, if they, if they pull the bait and switch, like what's the cutoff? I mean, is it a year out or is it longer than that? Dude, it's gotta be, it, it's, it's gotta be no later than like, I think you said the end of December, they can't go, they, they can't pull that in February, March, April. They can't, I, I, I don't think they can, I don't think they can do it then. Um, you know, barring some like, you know, Hey, you know, something bad happened to the president, like legit bad, you know, and it wasn't a, you know, Oh, we're just gonna, you know, say he has a medical issue and, you know, he's going to go off. Like, it, I don't think so. It, so we, I see three just uh, tweeted at uh, Christina and said, we say your name and quote in a, Right. We say your name in a positive light uh, a lot on our meager podcast. Could you please give us a phonetically correct pronunciation of push push off? Because I want to say it right. We say it all the time. <laughs> I want to say it right because it's kind of it's an odd last name. It's one you don't see. I've never seen it. I'd like to know how to yeah. say it. Josh will still say it wrong, but that's okay. Um, yeah, and I mean, if we ever get her on this podcast, I'll, I'll intentionally pronounce it wrong <laughs> now because because that's the new that's the new because that's how you roll, baby. Um, that's how I roll, dude. Straight, straight fire. I've always called. I've always said pushaw. I mean, that's but, probably right. That's it. Push, pushaw, pushaw. I, I, I pronounce her. I mean, I, I have problems with her name, like you have problems with uh, Putin. <laughs> that's uh, with her Why name. Did you say his name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. But yeah, yeah, dude. But her, her yes, Roger's right, man. Her Twitter account, even if you don't follow us, man, go follow her. No, screw that. Follow us and follow her. She, well, yeah, do both. But some people just aren't going to follow us just out of principle. Um, but dude, she absolutely just—I mean, she got it. She has a flamethrower at the ready, and she is not afraid to use it, man. And she trounces these accounts with facts. And dude, they'll tweet something that Trump war room will treat something. And then, dude, she will just flat out. Oh yeah, the, dude. The, my favorite one so far is the Trump War Room talked about how uh, DeSantis voted to confirm Christopher Ray. It was like, okay, um, 
So first off, DeSantis was in the House of Representatives, and according to the Constitution, they don't vote on presidential nominees. That belongs to the Senate. And she, dude, she was quick with that, man. She absolutely destroyed. And that tweet is still up. The Trump war left that tweet up, which is absolutely insane. Um, what it was, yeah, it's it's going. What what kills me is the you know the big the big uh, Trump commercial on Fox is. Uh, I had this itch in my throat. I had to mute the cough there. Uh, the big Trump uh, campaign commercial on Fox is Ron to sales tax. Remember that? Yeah. Ron, God, we we did a we did a whole. Uh, uh, at least segment in this podcast about a national sales tax and whether we think that would be good or not. And man, that, that Trump campaign is already jumping on, you know, Ron DeSantis floating, you know, a 23% national sales tax. And, you know, that's, that's what I, I just, I hate about the election seasons, how uninformed the voters are. It's like, no, it's a national sales tax to replace the current, current, you know, uh, you know, tax situation, which, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of all for it as long as it replaces, the income tax, you know, uh, I'd have to think more about it, but you know, Ron to sales tax. It's like, come on. I mean, but that resonates, it is pretty, I guess that re- it is pretty catchy. I mean, I actually chuckled when I saw it. I was like, yeah, it is pretty yeah. catchy. Even though, I, you know, again, I have the same problem you do. You know, my problem with all these ads that come out is that they're just inaccurate, you know? And I think I even put something on our Slack channel the other day. It's like the, the democratic leader of the house here in Arizona, uh, published basically three quarters of the letter to my, school vouchers and stuff like that. Cause right now, man, they are losing their minds. Are you, you talking about a, a political hot button? That's what it is right now. Because what they did was they came out and said, Hey, it's going to cost us $900 million. Okay. Now the number sounds staggering for a state budget, right? And nobody ever dives into the numbers. They just say, Oh, 900 million. So the Democrats jumped all over that. And what they didn't jump into was, Hey, we spend 14 and a half billion dollars a year on education. So 900 million is like, eh, it's really not as staggering as what you think. But he posted the first three quarters of that letter that showed the nine hundred million, and then purposely cut off the bottom that said, "Which is a savings because basically, you know, you get X amount of money for a kid that goes to a public school, and a kid that goes to a private school, they don't give the hundred percent; they get like eighty-five or ninety percent or whatever it is. So he's like, of all these kids, so basically, what you're saying is, every kid that goes and gets that voucher, we're actually going to be able to spend less money." per student for a better education. So the point being, you know, back to your, your point is it's a lot of the misinformation. It's a lot of the disinformation. And I think that's what I would like to see. And I think this is where DeSantis can really make up some ground is just be a straight shooter, you know, call it what it is, come in and dive into some of the topics. Uh, don't get involved in some of the misinformation. Don't get involved in some of the disinformation, but start to educate folks. And, and we talked about that on, on one of the early podcasts when we first started was, you know, the right needs to do a good job and candidates need to do a, a better job of educating the voters uh, because they throw out these little buzzwords. They throw out the, the, the little, uh, you know, the little snippets that sound real catchy and, you know, half of it's, it, it's misinformation, man, or disinformation or just write out lies. And so you got to do a better job of nipping that stuff in the bud. You got to do a better job of educating the voters. I think DeSantis can do that. Uh, you just have to find a way to be very concise about it, be very clear. Uh, because, you know, you get a commercial. Those things are expensive, man. You get 30 seconds. So it's not like he has a podcast. I mean, he could come on to C3. Uh, I guarantee he would have a better rollout than what he did on Twitter. 
uh, and he could, you know, break that stuff out for our, for our listeners. Well, I don't know. Our platform kind of sucks right now, so we have to get a better platform for that happens. But uh, I, I think that's what he's got to do is he, he's got a really good shot because Trump does throw a lot of stuff out there. And there's a lot of those half truths. And I think uh, you could really take away some of his credibility if he, if, if he chooses to. Um, last thing I really have real quick, and I'll, I'll throw it over to Josh. And, and I meant to do this earlier on, but I uh, wanted to congratulate one, both of you and uh, a lot of our listeners. So a lot of graduating kids right now. Uh, so I've seen a lot of the pictures with high school graduations, uh, college graduations. You know, I've seen a lot of our, uh, seen a lot of our listeners that uh, post, you know, pictures of their kids graduating and, uh, you know, congrats to all of you. You know, it, it does give me some hope, uh, cause, uh, I'm like, okay, hopefully the, uh, I'm assuming that our listeners, you know, as they raise their kids, they kind of raise their kids in the C3 fashion. Uh, I will tell you as a great graduation gift, I don't know, maybe we can do a, a, a C3, uh, like CD and you just give it to them for the graduation gift or something like that. Right. I don't even know. They don't even listen to CDs anymore. I guess they could just subscribe to the podcast, but, uh, anyway, congrats to all you guys. And the last thing I have, uh, I think I said Sandra Huckabee, obviously Sarah Huckabee, her name just slipped my mind. Josh. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, man, we, um, you know, all the yard work I was talking about, uh, at the beginning, a lot of that has to do with, you know, we got family coming into town with our oldest daughter graduating high school, um, you know, end of next week. And, uh, you know, as you guys know, man, when you get family coming in, Hey, the, you know, the house has got to be spick and span, you know, baseboards have to be wiped down because, you know, every time people come into my house, they always comment on how you know great my baseboards look, you know, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, a lot of that was already part of that, but yeah, it's good. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks graduating. Uh, so we got one, one down to two more to go. And, uh, if we get there, there's a couple of shout outs, uh, Paul up in, uh, up in Massachusetts, really appreciate you listening. And, uh, that's, uh, I, I have a lot of other shout outs, but I'm going to save those rounds for, for the next episode. So, yeah. Don't you love that? It's like family comes over just, just for lunch. It's like the wife is like, Luke, go scrub our shower. And it's like, wait, who's going to be taking a shot? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait, you know, well, on the off chance your mom might open it, and my mom might do that, by the way. I think both of y'all have met my, maybe Josh hasn't met my mom. My mom is the type of person who might just, just go see what the shower looks like. Let's just go see what the shower, not to see if it's clean or dirty. She's curious, but <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. And yeah, we, we moved, uh, we, we loaded up all the, all my stepson's stuff today and there, he's going to go out to Arizona and uh, kick it with Roger and, uh, you know, wife's all. You know, it's going to be the empty nester. Not that we haven't done that before, but, you know, now they're actually out. And she says on the way back to the house, after I had my Monte Cristo, she goes, well, now we have time to focus on projects around our house. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Oh, boy. But it, it is true. So that, that's nice. So the movie I was thinking of, uh, the guy, Richie, Jake Gyllenhaal, is called The Covenant. So we might watch that, give a give a little uh, uh, review of that next time. But you know, as usual, appreciate everybody listening. You know, I know we forget so many people. Appreciate you guys in the Slack channel. You know, Wilkie, he hates it. It's like, hey, Wilkie, you know, you can always just unfollow and uninstall the app. But I appreciate him listening and giving us two two cents. It's always good for a laugh. And Chris and all, all those, all the guys that are Jed and everybody, we, we, we have some fun. And maybe we'll switch it up a little bit, the topics in there. But, yeah, we appreciate everybody listening. And, yeah, episode 120 in the bag. And I guess uh, that's about it. So until next time, keep your canteen cups.
full of good, nice bourbon or whatever you tend to drink and tightly secured. 